Hey, welcome to the fifth episode of Swimming in the Void. We're your hosts, Matthew Barber. And I'm Hyun Soo Moon. We're two filmmakers and former evangelicals having conversations about the taboo, psychedelics, spirituality, and a journey into the void of life. Sometimes it'll just be Moon and I talking about our experiences. Other times we'll invite a guest to dive further into a specific topic. This week, we are diving right in. We've invited our friend Elliot Chen to join us in a conversation on psychedelics. Elliot is a musician, an author, and a fellow psychonaut. Can I use that word, psychonaut? Uh, is that a word? It's a word, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think we should definitely uh, use that word, but you know, there are greater psychonauts than myself, but you know, uh, I, have, I have gone to space a couple of times. <laughs> and as I know you have, especially, man. Well, I mean, uh, it's I interesting because like, we, I think, <laughs> didn't we basically have psychedelics for the first time all together? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that was the first time for all of us, right? Which is quite beautiful. Yeah, all that's, of us had a great experience. Uh, you know, so it's, uh, it seems fitting in a way. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah, by the way, we're outside. We decided to do it. We're, we're, we're being COVID safe. That's right. Uh, we're outside right now because we are in the middle of a Delta surge. And so yep. um, if you hear some crickets and birds and you know a distant dog trying to escape the, <laughs> yeah. the front and, door. Yeah, uh, and helicopters flying over because that's what LA had, is had all some, about. Had some character. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Elliot, so do you want to like, is there anything you want to add to your mini bio? Like, what are you like, who are you? I mean, that's such a, especially for me, that's a very complicated question, Matt. I don't even know where to start. Where, where, where should I start, Matt? I don't know. Where well, do you think I should start? Well, uh, talk about your music. You're a musician. Uh, well, I played guitar since I was uh, 16. And then when I was in my 30s, I did move to China. And uh, at that point, I did have a band in China. We played um, for a couple of years before it broke up. And then I came back to the United States. So for, you know, for me, music is actually been the first psychedelic drug you know because it, it was to me music is is it changes my consciousness and depending on what i'm listening to i, I feel different so in a lot of ways music is like i wanted to make music that sounded like drugs that was kind of like my my goal most of my life mm. so is any, of your, is any of your music actually on online from your like uh, you've never um, actually played any of your music i, I had you. this album that i released on the internet like uh in the MySpace era, whatever that was like, the the, the term. Wow, of the, that was like I don't know, twenty years ago. Something yeah, what, like, what, something what, like what was your what was your what was your page? What was your background? Uh, it was it was it was just like some photo I took of um, Marin County, but it was like I had this little side project called like a Western Edition, which was a neighborhood in San Francisco where I lived at the time. Um, but yeah, but that was like the kind of time for like a lot of those kind of you know in my house playing guitar and then making an album and then releasing it. And then, you know, I would get random um, hits or compliments from people in like Poland or whatever. It was like very, you know, random. But that was the beginning, I think, where we're at now of just like, you know, podcasts. None of that existed at that time. So are we going to see like a spike from our Polish listeners with having you on? <laughs> uh, that, I, I, I don't even know, you know, like once you release something in the world, I'm sure you understand this guy's like, you kind of lose control of it. Like there's songs and compilations of stuff that I don't even know where it went at this point. Hmm. So, so now, so I know there's a whole story. I know you have a whole story. We won't get into. We won't get into all of it. You know. But uh, so now you're now you're in LA, and you're and you're working on an epic autobiography, which which will hopefully be out in the next couple of years, um, and you're still and you're, and you're writing music with that. Yeah, so I think, um, 
you know, keeping it in like how it relates to this topic. I mean, uh, the kind of pivotal moment in my life was when I lost my parents when I was 16. They, um, this happened when I was a junior in high school at that point. And, you know, I went to school, went to first period chemistry class with Mrs. Sue, and then I get pulled out of class by the police. They take me to the police station and basically inform me that my stepfather had killed one other person, my mother, and then himself in my house. So that very extreme traumatizing event kind of changed the course of my life. I mean, it's kind of, um, as a character in my own book, you, you, you know, like so many uh, movies and stuff, they use that trope of an orphan. But like, I, I, I'm the trope, yeah. which is sort of like very bizarre. You were Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's always been my favorite uh, superhero. Mm. Um, but from that incident, I just remember screaming in the police station. And then suddenly nothing made sense anymore. Like that, uh, to have that kind of profound like disconnect from what you, what I was before I found out to what I became afterward in one, you know, uh, in one hour was so dis disorienting that it um, destabilized kind of like my psyche and everything that I thought about the world, like that the world is safe and a good place, that people are good, all these sort of, you know, fundamental issues that some people take for granted because you just you assume that, you know, your parents are going to be there, that uh, that they're not going to, one person's not, one of them's not going to kill the other one and kill themselves. Hmm. So that led to me being quite unhappy. I was still trying to just hold it together. And, you know, I had a good job in San Francisco. I was making $100,000 a year, but I was extremely unhappy. And so one day I just, yeah, I got laid off and I, you know, the, the, the tech acquisitions, my company was bought by another company. And then so I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be this person. And so that's when I went to China. That's when I just, you know, ripped up the, the plot and then decided to start all over again, which was half that I was just sick, sick of being in America. Like, I just felt like I can't physically be here anymore. And the other half was, you know, more emotional, just wanting to a, a, a rebirth, like a, a, a new start. So I went to China and had a very intense, um, like, debauchery. It was just, you know, women, drink music the night your prodigal son moment like i went i went to the to the you know the midnight like just it just you know it just never ended and uh but at the same time it, it was incredibly beautiful because i was able to make music and we almost toured we didn't quite get to that point but you know it 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 felt like i almost had it and then at that point my singer got together with the bass player got pregnant and then the band broke up and then i had to come back to america um, which I didn't want to come back. But when I came back, I had to kind of reevaluate, like, you know, what does any of this mean? Because then it's like, I did all that amazing, interesting stuff, and then but back to my hometown, back to L.A. again. And then so um, the book is sort of the journey of trying to make meaning of all those threads and my journey to, to heal, to, you know, to find meaning in that incident, but also to, um, to tell the story because the story... I told you bit in pieces but you know i've never told anybody nobody really understands the whole story and just i just want to once and for all let it be known what happened that you know, those three people died these terrible things happened to me and them and that it's not forgotten that 
but at the same time make something um, hopefully beautiful from that terrible experience. But, you know, but which also brought me to psychedelics, which was probably the most, it is, it is, it is the most profound thing I've ever done. But, you know, considering my history and my story, it had to be something so intensely, to get that deep, it needed something like psychedelics, like traditional talk therapy, which I did, didn't really work. Mm. You know, uh, relationship with a woman didn't really work. Uh, yoga, you know, whatever you want. You can go all, all these uh, modalities of people trying to fix themselves or feel better, but but psychedelics was the closest to, you know, actually get to that soul level of, okay, what, what is this really about? What, what, is, what is the pain about? What are, what are you about? What am I about? Well, like, you know, so it, it opened up all these incredible doors, but also was incredibly painful at the same time. So, um, yeah, so I'd like to hear what, you, you know, your guys' kind of take on what brought you to psychedelics too. Should we, pause, should we pause and get a beer? Sure. Yeah, sure. We need some beers. Now to loosen us up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would loosen up before the podcast, not during the podcast. We we want to we want to start in in the same place as the audience and then dive into. Is that, maybe is, maybe is that what usually happens? I don't know. In the podcast? No, nah, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Maybe we should do an, uh, one episode where we actually do psychedelics. That no, would be no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would not. And I don't think I've ever like gone like down in a, I guess a deep end in terms of psychedelics. So like I, 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 I've like had like profound experiences, but I've never, I don't think I ever like um, lost my sense of reality in a way. Do you want to go that far? Here you go. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I mean, I guess like I, I I don't know. Let me drop. Let me drop back in. Uh, he's got brought beers. Yeah. Um, um, no, we were just talking about how I don't know how why I said uh, we got into it, but you know, I was just telling him that I, I I don't think I ever lost my sense of reality. Well, I mean, you've done you've done a, you've done a mega dose before. I mean, I gave you like, yeah, <clears throat> I, mean, yeah, I held, no. held that space for you. Yeah, you no, I mean, I I mean, I, I I think I explored like fully, and I had a profound experience, but I don't think I ever necessarily lost like a sense of reality as in um thought like thought you thought you went to <laughs> went to purgatory like i yeah, did yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think i ever done that you know oh went gosh. to like hell or went to like some space that made me lose myself totally you know in, in in that sense uh you know i was lost in like a profound experience and i was in awe but yeah i never i, I don't think i ever had like a bad trip you know not, not from psychedelics I I I once smoked pot way that was like a huge. I maybe there was some other things in it, but I had a really bad experience when I got really high and I was like, in I felt like I was in a cave and like there were bats and it was like. Oh. Bat Batman seems to be the theme tonight. Yeah. No, I thought I was. I thought I felt like I was in a bat cave. Yeah. Well, first of all, Elliot, thank you for sharing, sharing that. I mean, that's um, it's a very profound story. And I've I've read various versions of your man manuscript, and it's um, e even earlier early drafts are just it's a very visceral experience that and you uh, I look forward to what your next draft has because if, <laughs> if that, mm. that that I didn't fully understand really understand you until I until I read that. Yeah, um, you know I think we all have stories to tell, and then like we're. Some of us are 
frustrated and you know dying to be known for the various things in our life that caused us pain and then that probably pushed me to be a more creative person i think i think almost certainly to be honest um but psychedelics uh definitely it was like once i discovered psychedelics with you guys after you guys it was like you know the creativity just expanded exponentially after that point because because my consciousness was you know it had expanded after that point um and it, i'm interested to hear if that's the same thing for you guys because it's like there's the first the person i was before and the person i was after i did all the various uh psychedelics and um how would you describe that um i i think psychedelics are basically amplifiers like as if our mind is an electric guitar and then once we take a psychedelic we plug into an amplifier and it just amplifies our consciousness so um depending on what where that person is at in their life that may be just static and noise and pain and, and confusion and but it may also be um you know some aspect of themselves like like love and growth and forgiveness and creativity that they haven't heard because you you, you haven't turned it up enough so um i think that's basically how i see them and so i've had like experiences of like uh collective consciousness experiences meaning i've turned up the amp the, the volume so much that i felt like I saw outside of myself that you know my story was part of my family's story, for example. So you know the bubble gets bigger of the healing ability of my family, and then of of even you know the Chinese collective consciousness. This is about you know about family, about because in a lot of ways my story is kind of the the shadow of the Chinese psyche, which is the thing they don't want to touch, which is the family destruction, the poverty, the failure. I mean, it's a lot of it's it's just shadow, you know. So um, psychedelics really helped me see that see that and and because i didn't have the capability to see to see outside of just my own personal you know small window into my psyche but you know when you turn the turn the volume up then then all these other kind of um things become apparent that this is not just um a singular it's not just like it's not just me it's like it's you know it's it's, it's about it's about way more than me, and uh, it is a spiritual experience. Um, but to get back on topic, like I think creatively, it 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 was like a you know a booster shot. It was so there's just so much things that came out of it. It's hard to describe. But why don't we why don't we, why don't we start with a little just a little structure? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Well, let's let's share like what we've all done. What what psychedelics have we done? Because we were throwing psychedelics out there, but maybe no one knows what uh. what that means. Um, so like I, I, I'll start. Like I've done, I've done mushrooms. That was the first thing that we all did together. I've done uh, ayahuasca a, couple, a few times. Uh, I've done this African one, iboga, um, and uh, MDMA, which I guess is technically it's kind of psychedelic. I guess it's kind of in the same same family. I think that's I think that's all I've done. I mean, I've had definitely had psychedelic experience. You did LSD as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, there you go. Acid. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done mushrooms, um, and I guess I should also say I grew mushrooms, um, which I, I, in a weird way, I do think like there's something about the experience of actually you growing it. It it, it was to me it was like part of the experience in a way because there's something kind of beautiful about you allowing this natural thing to grow and then you taking it and like learning from it. 
Uh, so that and yeah, I've done LSD and I've done like the um, LSD um, synthetic synthetic thing that's like similar but not really because it definitely felt different. Well, I, I mean, I did I did the synthetic mushrooms is that's what sent me to the ER. Oh I, right 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 yeah yeah. Sure. yeah yeah we'll definitely we'll we'll talk about that story. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that synthetic LSD like mm, not the same. Uh, or at Hmm. As, is it acid or they're both? Yeah, they're, yeah. I don't know, but it was it was like the thing that that I could actually actually uh, order from online. <laughs> um, but I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, well, I I tried ayahuasca a little bit, but I never fully had the I never had the full ayahuasca experience. Oh, yeah, because you had that is that weird church experience or something or that weird like it's kind of weird, right? The, the whole... uh, I mean, it was like I think it was just like not the greatest. Uh, setting and um, and yeah, it, it just wasn't like a great setting. And there was something happened where basically um, before I took it, uh, they said, "Oh, you could like take this, and it like clears your mind." And I think that kind of fucked me up. I don't know what that was. Was it the tobacco thing they shot in your nose? Yeah. Yeah. That's that that I've never done that. I've seen them. It's like I think it's like a like a some it's a, sort of it's like a purgative. It's supposed to be yeah. like clean you out from but the it, Everyone it talks about like you know. I remember seeing someone do it once where like yeah. so basically they have this like it's like this horn that they shove up your nostril and they and they blow yeah. this powder into your into your both yep. nostrils. Yep. And so someone I watched someone do it for the first time, shot it into their left nostril and then he's like oh, I can't I can't I, I, oh my god it was just like. And then they're like, no, you got to do both sides. You got to do both sides. And so they shot into his right nostril. And they're like, do you want some? I'm like, nope, uh, the ayahuasca is enough. <laughs> yeah. No, like it literally felt like there was peppermint going through my entire body. Like it, it, it has felt as if peppermint injected into my bloodstream and my entire body that just felt. That doesn't sound too bad. No, it felt terrible. Okay. In, in, in a sense where it felt like everything was like tingly and on fire. Like it, it, it fire in that cold way, and it like I was so dizzying, I, I like wanted to throw up, and I ended up, you know, uh, throwing up, and that really didn't set me up properly yeah. to for the ayahuasca experience, and I think that's partly why. Hey man, anyway, you know, I, I, but I love you. Like, uh, okay, we're gonna do everything, everything this weekend. Yeah, I mean, we're doing everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, uh, if I'm gonna go with the program, I'm gonna go with the program. You know, I, I was like. I, if that's what you recommend, okay, sure. But it just, oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the ayahuasca people would be like, like I felt bad that you didn't get your proper ayahuasca experience. I was kind of crushed. I was like, I really wanted you to get it, but um, me too. The ayahuasca people would be like, well, ayahuasca didn't really want you to get it. Then you know, like Maybe. it was kind of like she didn't really, yeah. you weren't ready yet, or it wasn't time, whatever. Right. So yeah, and it just like didn't. Um, and it was like too crowded. I just think the the shaman, the people, like it wasn't like an experience where they were like caring for everyone, but it felt way too packed. There were way too many people in that room. You know, like with your experience and what you're like, you guys, what you guys have talked about, where it's like kind of smaller and like that that setting. Like, it, when I would love to do that at some point, but that was like. 40 people in one I've, one I've, done, I've done both. I like, did like their first two times it was a 10 people, which is perfect. And then, right. then I did a 50 person event and it was just, it was too many. It was too many. And I didn't, right. I, 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 I left in the middle of that too. I mean, right. the ayahuasca people, the, the people, the shamans would say like, okay, it wasn't your time, you know? Right. 
it, it certainly wasn't my, my vibe. It's like, nope. Um, right. Well, so what, what have you done, Elliot? Um, wow. So chronologically, um, mushrooms first and a lot. Uh, I grew them also like moon and uh, the worst, most intense, well, I had a couple of really gnarly ones, but I remember picking, I grew them and, I, and they were like fresh and they were like the first flush and I just picked them off and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna eat like three gigantic ones that were like, you know, the size of like my hand. And that, you know, they, they, when they were fresh, they're so much stronger. And I just remember like that one annihilated me. <laughs> that one was no joke. So I, I learned from that, but uh, I did mushrooms. I've done San Pedro cactus once. Um, which I did not enjoy at all. Uh, did LSD. I did ayahuasca twice. Did uh, MDMA. I did, most recently, uh, I had ketamine infusions, which are treatments for chronic pain because I have back problems and also depression, which I also have. And so uh, that one was pretty, pretty intense as well. Because um, that one's more of a dissociative. That one's different than the other ones. That one, so I went into the K-hole basically, which was um, very. Yeah, describe a K-hole because I've I've never done ketamine. I've always been curious about it. When people talk about the K-hole, what is the K-hole? I've never. So at low doses, ketamine just puts you inside yourself. But I just remember, so I did it twice, like kind of like grinding textures, and it was very textural and very interesting. It, was, it wasn't, I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel scared. It was just, it was just, but it was like really, really deep inside yourself that you, your hands feel like cardboard. Like you, they don't really feel like they're part of you anymore. Like you have these appendages, but they're so far away. Mm. Um, but at high doses in, in the K-Hall, I remember bringing uh, this playlist of music that I had made to, you know, soothing classical music and stuff, two hours worth. And then once I went in, they turned on the, the faucet of the, the ketamine. I didn't hear a fucking single note until two hours later. Like I, the headphones were on, but I was so deep down inside the well of my own consciousness that the music was like three floors above. Does that wow. make any sense? Mm -hmm. So there was no time. There was, it was, it was just, I was just trying to hold on for dear life in the grinding. Mm. It felt like an alien drug. Um, I don't know why anybody would want to do ketamine recreationally. Maybe it feels different when they're shooting it themselves in the leg or snorting it, but that particular, because <laughs> ketamine is a, is a, a anesthetic. Basically. It's a horse tranquilizer. They give it to you if you get in a car accident, and you, you know, you have a lot of injuries to put you under. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, to me, it's not, that's not, that's not one. It didn't feel, natural it didn't feel mm. it just it felt like a robot mm. i was grinding in a robot oh i, I forgot i forgot one i also one? i've done dmt oh you did yeah how was that it was it you didn't tell me about that uh it, it was it was like this is quick it, it, like it, it lasts like 10 minutes and it felt like a schoolhouse rock kaleidoscope you know uh, your whole body just goes limp your head drops back and then you close your eyes and you just see this, this most intense visuals you've ever seen. It's like the music is just, everything is just comes to life. All your senses just explode in these like colors and visions. And, and you open up your eyes, everything's normal. Close your eyes, you're back on, I'm back on this roller coaster. It was really mm. bizarre. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of smoking. I have a hard time smoking. Even when I smoke weed, I can't, like, my, I can't hold a lot my throat gets sore really quickly. And so 
some people claim that you can like, hear aliens talking to you on on DMT, and um, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it enough times to um, get to it. Like get, break through that to threshold. Break through, that, yeah. Because yeah. by the time I like with the th the third round, my throat was just on fire. And I couldn't, and because you're supposed to suck it in and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then you release, and then you and you just go into the DMT hole, <laughs> um, and I just by by my third time I'm like I just I suck it in, you know five like two seconds later I'd be blowing it out just because it, it was just my lungs were on fire. Would you do it again? I I would I would try it again, but like I wish there was a better better way to do it than smoking. I just don't like smoking yeah. things, you know. I'm a big fan of smoking things. Yeah. Um, well, let's well, talk. Should we talk about like the first time we did mushrooms together? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I love to. I guess also to kind of talk about. You know, I guess trying to tie it to the, sort of a theme of our show. Like, is there, was there, yeah, if you kind of go around talking about, like, what, you know, is, was there something that we're looking for when you tried these things? You know, is this, was there, or did you even have some sort of an expectation, you know, from trying these things? Well, uh, I think a good segue would be, I remember the first time I met Matt, which was at your, your party moon at your house. Mm. And uh, I remember we were drinking out in your, patio porch area and uh somehow the topic of ayahuasca came up right matt and then uh and we were, I, i'd never done it before i'd never not, done anything yeah not, none of us did i'd never done none of us did. and uh and but i told matt that i was really afraid to do it because i was afraid to be the guy afterward kind of like i imagine myself as like the shaman guy like the had beads and like just losing myself in the amazon and just raving about psychedelics and you know, i'm mother ayahuasca and then get a tattoo of a you know, animal spirit on his arm. And, <laughs> and I was really, I was like, I have a feeling it's going to be really, really intense. Um, so I, I think that's it how. It was half true. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> half of it came true. Um, so that kind of, and so I remember you kind of joking about it as well, but I think that kind of set the stage for um, our friendship and also, you know, us. I forgot who planned it. Was it? Uh, Moon it was me, or you? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Because it was beast. Yeah, I met I met you know beast or shaman beast. You know, on that random trip, like, you know, my ex and I went to uh, we ended up in Wyoming, and met some met some people out there that were just cool people. You know, at this state fair, and next thing we were talking, and, and he and it turns out this guy was an artist and he would drop acid or mushrooms and make carvings. And and at that point, I'd never done anything, so I'm like, oh man, I've always wanted to do mushrooms, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it in a unsafe way i wanted to know where it was coming from he's oh you should meet my shaman beast out and you know i'll connect you in, when we're in la and the crazy thing is got back to la he connected us on facebook we had 10 common friends and they're all from my old church life you know and this guy used to live with another friend of mine right down the road and we never connected mm. so it was like one of those weird to this day i'm always like when i have a moment when i'm like there there, it, there's, there's no meaning in the universe. There is no God. There's nothing. I come back to that. Like, how is it that I end up the first time I did mushrooms with a shaman who became my shaman was a guy who lived with someone in LA that I didn't, we never met, but it ended up me going to Wyoming. And the, the irony is like, we weren't supposed to go to Wyoming. We were trying to get to Montana. We only made it as far as Wyoming. And had that not happened, if we made it to Montana. None of this stuff would have ever happened, you know. And, and it, to be, you know, to be fair, I mean, me, me and Moon might not have tried psychedelics. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Maybe so, for a long time, maybe never, you know. So. so I met with Beast and I'm like, you know, let's do this thing, you know, and 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 wanted to Thank bring you two just felt like, you know, the right, you know, and uh, Moon's wife came and my girlfriend at the time came. And Moon ate out of her hand like a dog. It <laughs> was seared in my memory forever. Well, the thing, but the thing I remember about that first time I, I did it, where I was like, I when I fell in love, it was it was a really light. We did a really light dose. We did like three and a half grams, and I I felt like a kid. It's like mm. the whole like all the stress of of everyday life dropped away, and we were in this beautiful backyard. And all I cared about was the backyard and my friends. That was it. I didn't care about anything else outside of that mm. space. And the last time I felt like that was when I was a kid. When like you, you go off and play, and next thing you know, like you know, the sun is setting, and you're being called for dinner time. Like, oh, where did the time go? Mm. That's how it, how it felt like for me. Right. Um, and it was just so much joy. I think I read something about how when you do psychedelics, there's something that happens to you that don't normally happen, especially when you're an adult, is you're in awe of something, and you lose your ego because all of a sudden you are so entranced by something that's happening in front of you that your thoughts are with what's in front of you and it's about your awareness and it's not within yourself and it's not about your ego and um yeah that was um yeah it was a really super light dose i mean it was it really it, it did sort of feel like um i was like it was like a really nice high. It felt like I was uh, high on pot, just like really nicely in a really kind of um, balanced way in a, in a controlled way. I feel like sometimes you get high and you're, it's, it's like very like loose and you're laughing so much and it feels sometimes a bit like you're dumb, but there it just felt more like Maybe it was also because of the setting, but that you know that garden was just really beautiful. So um, just being with that natural space, and also with your all your friends, and and exploring that space, it was like it was it was it was really nice. I, that was a great experience. Pause yeah. for helicopter. Yeah. Um, you guys want the fire on? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we could just leave all this on the podcast. Just make it all part of the documentary of it all. Let's see. Is everything away? You're wasting like thousands of people's seconds of their lives by doing that. So that's what editing is for. Yeah, but now they know that there's a fire here and it sets a setting. Okay. Helicopter, okay. you know. Um, but what about what about your experience, Elliot? Well, like, well, oh, that first time? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was a nice introduction to it. Like none, none of the profundity was there. It just felt like a really nice afternoon. I just remember you like found the hammock, and you were just laying in the hammock the whole time by yourself. And I just, uh, you just and you were just, you were just. Fine. Well, it was a little weird because you guys were coupled up, yeah. so I was oh, like, yeah. so it was like can't really jet myself in there. I'm not gonna, you know. So I was, I'm just gonna chill in the hammock and enjoy my, enjoy my my downtime, but. Uh, if it felt like I just got a little take, like you're right, Moon. It felt like a nice high from marijuana. It didn't feel heavy. It didn't feel um, 
that, that stuff would come later. <laughs> right. So, so that made me want to do it again because I was like, this is right. kind of fun. This is interesting. But I did, I had interesting thoughts, but nothing, I don't think my mind was quite ready. My consciousness was quite ready for what was going to snowball after that point, which was, you know, right. higher dose by myself, which is so one thing to talk about is doing it by yourself is very different than doing it with other people. Oh, yeah. Because your attention is at them and to each other, whereas if you go inside your mind, then you, you can find the little cubby holes where, you know, things hide in. I, 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 like, I haven't done mushrooms that many times when it comes down to it. Like, I did that time, and then I did another time with Beast where I did five grams, and I, like, I turned in, I, I basically turned into larva and then morphed into a, a, a grizzly bear you know, and mm. and it, it was it was a very powerful experience, um, but still po relatively positive. And then, then the next time I did these like synthetic mu mushrooms that you know, um, Elliot told me about, and it's like there's like there's, there's there was this gray market where like they take the compound of of the mushroom and they inject it, like an oxygen molecule into the chain where it doesn't change the 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 psychedelic effect, but it makes it you know, quote unquote legal, you know, just shy of the FDA schedule so that they can sell it. And I had this stuff for a while and I was scared to take it. You know, I just didn't know how to take it. And then I had some friends coming into town. I'm like, you know, what, let me try this first before I offer it to my friends. And this is where like the, the fact that we're not in the metric system fucked me over <laughs> <laughs> was because I, as I was measuring the dose, I did a lot of research to figure out how much I wanted to just microdose it just to get the sense. I ended up doing a macro dose and, you know. But you said you just dip your finger into it. Well, like a, the, the edge of a, of a teaspoon. It looked like, like a little bag of powder and I just the edge of a teaspoon of it. I'm like, oh, because I'm like, oh, there's 100 grams, 100 milligrams in a gram. So this a quarter of the bag, do an eighth thousand, of the bag. There's a thousand milligrams in a gram. Well, so, so I, 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 just, I just down this stuff. I just eat it. And, and then within like a half an hour, I'm starting to feel it's coming on strong. I'm like, this is strong. At this and, point, you call me. No, no. At this point, my brain goes, you idiot. There's a thousand milligrams in a gram, not a hundred. And I'm like, shit. So I called Elliot. And Elliot's response was like, I did so, uh, something similar. Like, you, like, I felt like I died, but you'll be fine. You can't overdose on this stuff. <laughs> but you seem, so I remember the conversation quite clearly because I was like, it was quite late. It was like 10 o'clock at night around, around yeah, there. Yeah. And, then you, and then we were talking and I was like, you, how are you feeling, man? He's like, you know, I'm scared, but so, so far, okay. And I was like, don't worry, bro. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. I thought, I thought you had taken kind of like what I had, which is like a mega heavy dose, but... You know, you kind of cross over to the side, have a little death moment, and then come back, and then you know, uh, well, I was, easy I was peasy. You know, I was having that moment. Yeah. I, like my my whole my whole throat, like I just got super dry, and my, I started like I couldn't swallow, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm seizing up. So, uh, and this time I called another friend, and who's right nearby, and they're like, oh, you're talking. You need us to come over, and, and this is where my like my like, nice person sometimes gets in the way where I'm just like, I don't want to burden anybody. That's one of my deep, you know, traumas I have to go through. It's like sometimes you sometimes you need to burden your friends with your problems on occasion. It's it's appropriate. That was an appropriate time for me to go like, hey, I'm freaking out. Can someone come sit with me? But instead I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. So I just remember how our, our phone conversation ended and then I went to sleep and turned off my phone. And then, <laughs> and then next minute the next tomorrow you're like, I think I texted you or called you, say hey, how how'd it go? And then you're like 
oh, I, I ended up at the, the, the ER and the firemen were making fun of me or like telling me I was a shithead. They did, they did the scared straight thing on me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I thought I was dying. And, and then I'm like, I, I bought this random stuff on the internet. I don't know what this is. I put it in my body. What the fuck? And so I called 911. And long story short is I, um, I, they took me to the ER and they were, and the paramedics were fucking with me because they were like annoyed that I, this white dude in Silver Lake was like uh, tripping out and like, you know, wasting their night on, on, on mushrooms. And I literally thought I was in a coma. I thought my, I, my, cause my dad had, my dad had almost died. He was in a coma for two weeks and he pulled out. I'm like, oh, this is what happened to my, my dad. I'm like, everyone's just around me. I can just, I just got pushed through. And then I realized like, oh my God, this is, I'm actually in purgatory. Cause it was, it was, it was this bizarre experience where there was, there was all this shit going on in the ER at the time. There were people screaming. There was a security guard banging on the door. I, I was freezing my ass off cause I wasn't fully clothed because I didn't have, I, I was like dancing. I'm like, I was dancing around naked and, I, and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm, I might be dying. Let me throw on some pants really quick, you know? And so I'm there shivering and a nurse came by or the doctor came by. He's like, you know, do you want me to get you a blanket? Yes. An hour later, no blanket. And then I'm like, this is what hell is. Hell is not a pitchfork and a, and a fire. It's bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your enlightenment oh moment. Oh my it, God. You took but I, but I was, I was like, I crossed over, you know, Sam Harris talks about this on his podcast sometimes. Like he was, he, he had an amazing time with psychedelics. And then one time he, he went to the dark side. It's like, once he went to the dark side, he was never able to close that door again. So like I survived and it was a good learning lesson. And I've, I've never forgotten how many milligrams are in a gram. You know, I have a scale now for like proper measuring if I'm going to do anything, but I've done the mushrooms a couple more times since then. And like Sam says, like that door is always opening. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, I had, I had one good experience with you mm -hmm. in, when we went out on the hike. Right. But since then it's like, it's always been dark. It's always huh. been dark. Even when I do a light dose, like I do like a three and a half gram dose with, with a buddy of mine. I, 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 my, my, it was, fortunately I was, I wasn't, uh, deep enough to where I lost myself. I'm like, I know I'm tripping, but I feel like th this is the dangerous space I'm in. I don't with know. mushrooms. With mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so all I have to say is like, I've now gotten to the place where at the beginning I was like the evangelist, like, dude, you all should do mushrooms. It just opened you up. And now I'm like, with all psychedelics, this is my message is like, if it calls you do it, but wait till you're ready. Don't like, don't just do it flippantly. Don't just like try it, but it's, it, it, you have to be prepared to potentially deal with some dark shit in your life. You know, you never know. Oh uh, yeah. I think definitely. Well, I, I also went through that kind of like proselytizing phase where I was trying to get everybody to do it. And I thought if everybody did it, the world would be a better place and they would change. But uh, I've come to the point where I realized that it's not for everybody. It's a very intense experience. And depending on the person, um, it may actually make them de destabilize them. It, 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 so. What makes you say that? Because um, I've seen too many. So I went to like. Um, after I did ayahuasca, I went to like a different ayahuasca circle just to check them out. There was like a meetup for it. And I went to this downtown. In downtown LA, there's like a space where they, they serve ayahuasca, but with no rules. 
basically you just show up, you pay whatever, $100, and they're going to give you a couple of ayahuasca and you trip balls. No preparation, no, no you know, dieta, no. Um, and the guy who was running it, the, the, I got a whiff of this dude, and uh, I was like, this, this is, he just felt full of ego. He felt full of, because uh, I I'd said I did ayahuasca with this other shaman, and he was like, well, my shit's the best. My ayahuasca is the best in Los Angeles. I was like, mm. it's not a competition, right? And it kind of, you know, there's laughter around the room, but I was like, I don't want to do ayahuasca with this guy. But it turns out, you know, fast forward two years, I found out that that guy who was the head of the ayahuasca um, center who had made the space and people were, you know, he was leader and everything. He actually overdosed on heroin. Uh. So he saw that the, the, the rumor is that he saw something that was reflected to him either through some psychedelic. I don't know if it was ayahuasca, DMT or Iboga. He was also serving Iboga. I think it was Iboga actually. And so he saw something he didn't like about himself finally. And it destabilized him enough where he, you know, started taking heroin again and then mm. eventually overdosed on it, which is, you know, the, the nice story is that, you know, people, the kind of, People, the story that gets told is that people do psychedelics and then they get healed and they become better, right? But you don't hear about the cases where <laughs> you take psychedelics and then you go back to heroin and then right. overdose. So that was, so I've been hearing different, and, and knowing people, just seeing, you know, their trajectory of how they're doing it. And there's a lot of, you know, you do it and you get this amazing experience, this spiritual opening, but depending on where you are, that might actually there's all these weird avenues you can go after that so it's not like it's not like a direct shot to like enlightenment and peace and all that stuff. I, I, I will say stuff. i'll interject just for a moment yeah. for people who are listening like this like first of all not we're not recommending anyone do any of this stuff this is not like this is just our experiences um and if you're going to and, and if you do want to explore this stuff do your research and find people don't find some fly mill the mill uh, uh, you know of the night shaman who just got a shaman degree at you know some city college like like the real shamans have done you know a lifetime of work to get here and they do a lot of integration and and uh and also coaching of how of how how to use this medicine for your you know in your life how to integrate it into your life so um yeah i mean i think that's so that i think it's a good segue into I guess what I want to bring up is that um, for that shaman, to me, it sounds like a lot of ayahuasca, the, one of the biggest element is really the shaman who takes care of you during the ayahuasca ceremony. And I would also argue that when you do psychedelics, the people that you choose to do it with is, does make a big difference. Set and setting, right? Yeah, setting. So, you know, I think, um, when you do psychedelics, it, I, I really don't think that it's just, it, that it is just about the substance and the chemistry of it, but it's about what the substance allows you to open up to and what kind of setting do you want to be opened up to, whether that's the setting or the person that's around you, you know, because we had like a beautiful experience that one time um, or when I say we, uh, Matt, like uh, you and I had a um, really beautiful experience when we went on that hike. Like that was like, yeah, I thought that was just such a beautiful experience. It's still one of my favorite experiences. Yeah, and I, I really think that like that setting and the person that I went with like made 
the biggest difference. And so was uh, the, the first time that I really had the profound experience when it comes to psychedelics was with my wife. Like I, um, I, I got, you know, I, I, I did the shrooms and she stayed sober and um, she took care of me and she took me to like really beautiful places because we were at a state park and that, you know, that made all the difference in, uh, for my experience. So, I mean, I think once you become comfortable with the substance, you're ha there's like a comfort level. You know, I, you know, I, I know Elliot, you, you had um, pretty, like you, you did a lot of mushrooms at, at, mm -hmm. at, for a period of time, right? And I mean, can you talk about that experience, I guess? Like, cause that, that seemed like a very specific time in your life when you specifically did mushrooms, uh, like almost every day or, or something, right? It was like a lot. Yeah, I think uh, the takeaway from, like I was very interested in them and they gradually become like what Matt said, like they became darker and darker over mm. this period of, which is really, for me, considering, you know, the stuff that I have happened to me. Um, I think of psychedelics are kind of like dynamite. I was taking dynamite down into the mine and just blowing caverns up, like just open up this, <laughs> this vein and then see where that would go. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the only way I could access certain parts of myself. And then gradually, you know, so I've got it, the pain and the grief and all that stuff and anger was all there. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's so many ways, different ways to use psychedelics. So I think, you know, my personal use case, how I, how I use them is very specific to me, my relationship to these substances, to these medicines or whatever. Um, mushrooms is definitely a very, very important one. It's not, it's nothing to be trifled with. It's, it's not like ayahuasca light. I mean, there's, I've had very intense experiences with mushrooms as well. Um, but it's, you know, the course of these, how they relate, how I relate to them has changed as well. Um, you know, the, the beginning phase is like this kind of ex extreme, like almost love affairs. Like you had a relationship with this new person, you know, that, that, that's, that's giving you all this interesting feelings and feedback and, and, and a mirror into yourself. And then gradually, which I'm kind of at now, which after I did ayahuasca and all this other stuff is like, the, the substances don't really heal you. They kind of just show you how you might be. But the work, the real work, as my shaman likes to say, like, you know, the real ceremony is afterwards, is when mm -hmm. you're in regular life, which yeah. is much more profound and much more difficult because, and I think that's where most people have difficulty because, you know, we go in and we have extreme experiences and then we go back and then we're back to regular life, back to our patterns, back to our particular personal traps and miseries and confused like, loops and stuff and then and it's hard to yeah. see like how does that relate to me how can i you know and that's a profoundly it could be very frustrating for a lot of people that might drive them to do, to do more psychedelics which is kind of like my pattern originally which is like i want to repeat the experience because i want to go back to that you know what i mean like i want to yeah. it's like a drug in the sense that it's like i want you know, oh my gosh, I was so amazing. You're doing it to escape as, as opposed to... Not to escape, but to be like, to, to enter that space again and then see those those beautiful things. But then you know, eventually you're back to normal life, your base layer person, and that becomes the difficult. It becomes more and harder and harder to reconcile that person, the lower person, regular person, right. than this elevated, you know, 
thing that you might see within the, the space. Yeah. So that, that that's something that I don't think people are ready to, it's not addressed enough, like how to, you know, they, they say it's integration, but I wouldn't, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the right word for it. It's something more complicated than that, you know, like you, you have to see yourself and realize that, yes, you might be able to be more loving and forgiving and stuff, but to get there, you have to, you have a lot of hurdles to get to that point. Yeah. So, I remember like the like when I did ayahuasca, I, I, I always say it was like it was like a year of therapy in one night, mm-hmm. you know, and it gave me like the profound truth for me was I I like I've grown up a lot of self hatred and a lot like I um, very self effacing. I get that from my father, right, um, and and it's not like I didn't know like I I knew all this stuff. I've done therapy. But I was like the ayahuasca just, it was like this beam of light that just shined on my soul. And it was like, yeah. everything, like everything hinges on this one thing. Like if you can learn to love yourself, then like everything else will start to fall into place. And, and I didn't really understand the profundity of that, of that idea until I, I did that ceremony. And, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. Like it's one thing to learn that lesson it's another thing to integrate that into your your daily life and i feel like part of what maybe separates this stuff from being like a drug and being more of a medicine is like a drug i feel like is something you do to to escape reality but when you approach it when you make it a medicine it's like well what can i do to integrate and be more healthy and whole in everyday life in reality so like i don't want to be doing ayahuasca every day to like achieve this self-love i want to learn how to love myself but, you know sober. some some people like they go to the amazon like 20 times like they're they're, they're and it you know what i mean they repeat these experiences because um partly because they're chasing something it may not be high and pleasant but it's like that that elevated you know um because it's, it's in some ways i think we don't really want to deal with the the really mundane stuff of you know self-hatred and and addiction it, it becomes very it, it seems so icky and so um you know and i think there's a certain amount of woo woo in that you know the, the psychedelic space where people kind of like love and light stuff like that's that's wonderful you know mm-hmm. but to get to the love and light you usually have to go through a lot of darkness and like own it and right. work through it yeah know? that's that's all i'm advocating yeah maybe we, sh- we could also uh i'd love to just kind of go around and talk about for people who you know who are listening to this and they have not done psychedelics, I just want to kind of uh, give them a little sense of what it's like, what the actual ride is like. Uh, you know, like a little bit of minute by play by play kind of. Uh, so you're saying we should experience. do a podcast where we all do shrooms together and we just record. I, I was talking about that earlier. I think that's a terrible uh, idea. But yeah, may, maybe just to kind of talk about, uh, just like pick one experience, uh, hopefully a good experience, uh, and just uh, share like, you know, what that actually felt like. Um, you know, what the things that you saw, what you went into it with, and like what it actually felt like. Uh, all, all, the, all the stories are, are so long. I feel like I've, I've shared a lot of my stories already. I mean, I'll share more, but Moon, why don't you share one of your stories? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that question at you. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll um, uh, talk about the, I, I went on a full trip, yeah, which was with my wife, and this was the end of um, this nine-month-long uh, RV trip that we went on. 
and you know I've never really tripped before. I mean, the the the, the time before I did took mushrooms was with you guys and was that and that was your first time. So this was your second time. Yeah. So this was my second time, and I didn't. Uh, in terms of just visual hallucinations, uh, which is what a lot of people talk about when it comes to mushrooms, you know, the first time I didn't, I didn't really see anything. I saw, I think I saw almost like little, like squiggly lines happening in certain a little bit, but it, you know, that was it. But um, uh, the the second time I did it, you know, we were at a state park in California, and um, it. <sighs> There's no nowhere. There's no way to describe it other than everything felt just way more colorful. You know, all the colors were so alive, and also the. But how, um, how 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 did it come on though? Like, what, so you see, so you, I, I so think, you took this dose. And yeah, then, I think. Uh, so did you feel nauseous? No. Uh, so yeah, I'll, like I'll, I sometimes feel nauseous when I when yeah. I, at first. Um, no, I didn't really feel nauseous. Um, I, so the way I also did it was I, I got, took the mushrooms. I think I, it was like four and a half grams, four or four and a half grams. And um, I, I crushed them up and soaked it in lemon juice because apparently lemon, the acidity of the lemon uh, releases the chemicals and you get on a steeper ride then uh, and it comes on stronger. Uh, so I, I took that and then I would say about 20 minutes later, I started feeling it, which is that it just, it, uh, it just feels like something is happening really. Like it just feels like things around you are a little more alive. And then little by little, the colors become really, really vibrant and everything has texture that moves. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you look at trees and the barks are like, the texture of the trees are amazing. And it's just like beautiful, most every like bark is like beautiful. And we ended up going to this like area where there was like stream of like little river running. And so I was just like laying by the rocks and just like looking at the, each rock and looking at each and every log, like it was the most beautiful thing ever and yeah all the colors were just um just 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 really really strong and beautiful and yeah it just felt like a kid just like exploring the space and i remember um i was so in awe of like everything around me but in the middle of that i saw my wife walking around and my wife was like clear like Everything was like kind of like it, it's as if like everything had turned into a Van Gogh painting. But then my wife in the middle of that was just like the way she was and the way I remember her. And I thought that was so odd because and this is where I mean, this is where I came up with my the name of my production company, which is Anchor Pictures, because I was like, oh, she's my anchor. Like she grounds me. Did like she, she know this? Huh? Did she, did you know this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I, and I, and I, and that has always been my, that has been the reason why I was tracked to her anyway, because I knew that I was always kind of like going to be in my head and up here in the clouds and whatever. And I always knew that I was going to need someone to anchor me and ground me and to come down from there so that I don't go off the deep end in a way. And... Yeah, I remember. I, I remember that moment being like, "Oh, okay, like you're my anchor." 
Mm. Um, yeah, so that was like a really, um, that, yeah, I would say that moment was, that tr particular trip was just like more of just like an experience where everything was so beautiful around me that and, and and I saw my wife being an anchor. I think those are the two kind of things that I really took away from that trip. Um, so to a certain extent, I I, I, I I actually do think that intention is actually really important going into mm -hmm. it. Like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you and as cheesy or uh, weird as uh, some people may think about it in, 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 in a sense where, you know, because I, I, I remember um, the, the, you know, the first time we did Mushrooms, uh, the shaman that we did it with, Beast, he said, I think he, I think he said this, that, 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 that the, uh, you know, this is a medicine. And like, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you, what is this medicine trying to teach you? And I, and I really think that that the way to look at the, the psychedelics is very, very helpful. Regardless of whatever you, you cheesy or whatever you may th uh, think of that, I actually think that's very, very important so that it doesn't become an experience where you're, going, you're, tr you're depending on the actual experience to give you an escape, as opposed to you're, uh, you're going into the experience wanting to take something away from it. I think those are very different things. Because you're coming, one is like you're you're wanting to stay in it, and the other is like, what am I getting out of it? You know. I mean, so. that's, yeah, that's a, a different way of saying what I, what I was trying to say. It's like it's right. like I don't I don't want to use it as an escape. I want to use it to like learn something to integrate more into my everyday life. Right. You know? Right. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to find a way. I'm not I'm not looking for a parallel life. I want to make my life you know more richer and more grounded and more like, right. You know, Which I think is sort of like. Um, because a lot of times when I used to talk about psychedelics to people who didn't do psychedelics, they had a very profound fear of like the bad trip, you know, and I think that's sort of um, from, because before I did them, I used to think about like pink elephants and all that kind of stuff that you imagine psychedelics to be, but it, it, in reality, it's usually not like very rarely like something like that, but there's this kind of like, you know, um, the consciousness has been distorted to think of it as what it was in the 60s, which was like something you took to see the Grateful Dead and then maybe had a bad trip. But that's one specific use case to go to, you know, Grateful Dead concert and, and whatever. But as we've talked about, you know, you can take it in by yourself. You can take it a part of a shaman. I mean, these are just tools. You can build a house or destroy one with a hammer. It just depends on how you use the tool. So I think the, the dialogue needs to expand um, to encompass all the different ways like psychedelics can be used as just a fun afternoon with your buddies, Matt and Moon, you know, with and just feeling the love and, and, and being outside, but also deep interior work, deep understanding of, you know, uh, why we're all here and all that kind of stuff as well. It's just, it, it's it, therapeutic, which is, you know, another thing that's kind of coming up on the landscape is uh, psychedelics as Therapy. You know, therapy, yeah, like MDMA and, and mushrooms for depression and stuff like that. So it it just there's there's just it's, it's it's such a broad thing and it's so hard to pin down because every cause these these drugs are all um, very different, but also how you use them and then the person most importantly that's taking them at that particular time where you are in in time and space in your in, in your head is very very important as well, right? Right. Um, 
So yeah. we've talked about the mushroom experience. We've talked about DMT experience. Right. We've talked about MDMA experience. Oh, maybe we should talk about ayahuasca. That's the... Uh, well, acid, should we talk about acid first? Because we had a really, I thought that was like a really nice yeah. trip that we yeah, had. Yeah, but, but you and I did, you, got, you and I did a half tab. Did we? Yeah, we did a half tab. But I think that, I think any more, I did a quarter tab, but anything anything more would have been a little bit too much, you know, for... But that was like, I, I really loved that experience. Well, I but it felt like, that half tab felt like Molly to me. That's what oh, really? Yeah, that's what, exactly what Molly felt like. Everything was just like lovely and bright. And, yeah. You know. To me, LSD feels very visual. It feels very crystalline it feels very into like intellectual it doesn't feel um it lasts a lot longer as well it lasts like eight or nine hours mm -hmm. but it, it didn't it doesn't feel like that kind of gut thing that yeah. the uh the tryptamines like the the the, the mushrooms that the ayahuasca has it has a, like that's kind of underground mm. getting to the the gnarly stuff kind of feeling so lsc seems kind of like it's floating yeah uh, very high stratosphere kind of drug i do find like the few times I've done it, it's like after about hour five, hour six, I'm like, can we stop? Can yeah. we stop? Yeah, and yeah. Like, nope, just nope, just right. Turn this down. It's, I'm tired mm -hmm. of this. Like yeah. consistently. But 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 it's it's amazing how like all your senses just are like on high alert. I mean, the one time I've done, I did a full tab was by myself, and I, I thought I was coming down, and I'm like, I'm gonna go out and get get a burger. I'm or I was hungry. I was hungry, so I, w I took my dog and we went out walking, and then there was like this burger place right next to me, and there was like this big line. I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. So I'm in line, and then all of a sudden, like, it, I mean, also amplifies a lot of this stuff can amplify your whatever your anxieties are. So all of a sudden, like, everyone's really loud, and I'm like, so I start to get paranoid. I'm like, does everyone think I'm on acid? I'm like, I'm a <laughs> drug guy. I get to the front of the line to order, and and it was like this weird anime. Like everyone had these, like, these bright cartoon hats on. So I just felt like I was in this other world. And so I ordered the burger and then I, I said like, I, I ordered a water and, and she was like, well, what kind? I'm like, uh, she was like, we got Double Chico, we got LaCroix, da, 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 da. and I'm like, uh, uh, I'll just take a LaCroix. And she goes like, well, what kind? You got orange? Da. She, she went down this hole and, and I was just like, just give me some water, please. Uh, uh, orange, I'm like, and I paid. And I go and sit in the corner. All of a sudden, I realize that like I am my the acid starts coming back in this wave. I'm like I'm on acid. In this space, there's families all around. Like what is going on? And all of a sudden, people start laughing behind me. I look and, and, they, and they look like they're like I thought they were whispering about me. They're laughing at me like oh there's that crazy guy on acid, you know. So I'm, so I get, so I get my burger. I'm sitting there like eating like this weird maniac like just eating it all. And um. And it just, it just, it just, like I have, like I do have some like low level social anxiety. And so a lot of times if I'm not in a very safe space, you right. know, it will amplify all that stuff. Like everyone's like, oh, everyone's talking about me right. and making fun of me. Yeah. You know, oh my God, what am I doing? Gotta get home. Gotta get home. Yeah. Yeah. I think like it's, it's whenever you're on drugs and then. If you're not in the space, space, safe space, and your thought process are about like inter internal yourself, like, that's when it's like dangerous because there's, there's one thing to be like reflective about yourself and whatnot, but if you're in the context of what are people thinking about me, that's like such a that's it, it, that that's such a like dangerous. It's like you, that you thread know. starts and then you, your mind starts pulling yeah, on it, and it can just yeah. descend into like yeah. levels of. Which is why I think it's important to be in a space where you feel safe 
and you can be odd. Like na nature is like the. I, I really think nature is the best. Yeah. I, I, or I will also say I had like really profound experience doing shrooms, and watching movies. <laughs> it's such a moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I watched. Uh, I, I watched. Uh, I watched two movies that are very. That was like kind of profound watching and on shrooms, which were two thousand one. Oh yeah. And uh, Tree of Life. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Oh, <laughs> Those yeah. are like both like super emotional and like profound. Uh, just like watching the universe come to life and also just uh, Tree of Life, which is like this beautiful movie about yeah, I mean it's about the universe as well in a way. So yeah, that those that, that was like that was pretty pretty awesome. That well that same acid trip I went I went back home and I watched Amelie. Oh. And I didn't realize how much of an acid trip that movie is on its yeah. own. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. But I'm watching it. I'm like, this is the perfect movie to watch on acid. Because like mm. I, I, I lived, I was like, I became part of the movie. Right, I'm right, watching right. It. I'm like, the colors are bright and vibrant and the music is beautiful. And it's just, by the end, I'm just like, I'm weeping, I'm crying. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I, I went, like I lived the movie. You know, you know I think that could, I, I, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said to be explored about that combination where I think if you pick like the right perfect movie, it can be very therapeutic for people, you know, in terms of like what people are going through. If you, if you, if you pick it right and then um, you, um, you do shrooms with it because it does, what shrooms does. Uh, well, I, I was on acid, you were on shrooms. So. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, but I guess uh, at least for me on shrooms, um, something that helps helps you do is uh, a connection, like empathy. Like I remember watching Tree of Life, and maybe also this this was because I was going to be a dad uh, pretty soon after. Was you know I've seen that movie before, and I always want to con connect. I always connected to the, to the kid, the kid character. But that ex I remember watching it, and I connected way more to the uh, the father. And like, ah, oh, that's gonna be me in the future. And, it's heavy, man. Huh? It must be kind of heavy to. Yeah, it was totally like, heavy. Like, ah, uh, like I'm gonna be that father, and yeah, it just, uh, um, it was. It also made me think about my father, and yeah, I, I, there's something. Uh, I don't know. It's, I always thought that that could be a really interesting kind of therapy session in a way mm -hmm. where, and when you're dealing with something specific whether it's like relationship with your dad or like whatever. life moments you're like having a life moment. when you're giving birth to your first child and then you take psychedelics that might be you know a really amazing way to start the change yeah yeah know. i mean you know i guess it definitely i mean it's it, um it was a uh, the the experience that you and i had matt uh matt and i had um i was I was sort of going through like, um, I guess a career kind of crisis uh, in terms of like what I'm trying to do with my life and what I'm trying to do with my career. And it was also, um, uh, I was waiting for the, um, uh, the result of um, um, IVF. Yeah, or, I, or IVF because uh, we we were doing it, my wife and I were doing IVF and um, we, uh, so we were waiting for that result and um, 
um, I do remember um, going into that trip with the intention of wanting to, uh, I guess, I guess the big thing was like not being anxious anymore, which I mean, it didn't solve that. But at the same time, I do think that that experience, I, I came up with, I came out with it with a clearer sense on like what I really want to do, which was again, it was this like, image of being an anchor, you know, that I, I wanted to tell stories that um, that anchored us as human beings, that, that grounds us, that, that bring us back and, and helps us connect to one another. And um, I, I definitely felt like uh, that I took that away. And then literally, uh, like al almost like down to the dot, like we took, had the trip, we walked back to the car, and then I got a call back uh, saying, wow. I forget what the exact, she was, it was, it was, thing was, was yeah, it, yeah was, no, you were like, I'm gonna be a father. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be a dad. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, crazy. it was one of the most profound like experiences, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And and the cool thing wow. was, I like I, because that was the first time I did mushrooms after that crazy trip, right? The one that sent me to the ER. So I I did a lighter dose. So I'm like, I'm gonna do a light dose. I'm gonna let Moon do the heavy dose. I'm gonna hold the space for him, which and it was great because, you know, when he trips, man, he trips. We're out, we're out there, we're out there, we're out there on this trail, and he's just like becoming one with this rock and this dirt, you know. And he's just like, you know, and then you start, to, you start seeing some people walking around the corner. I'm like, like I can tell Moon was just like, oh, he's just in it. And I'm just like, all right, hey, let's go, let's go around the corner over here, you know. And, and and I had a vision of myself being like, I have the, I do have uh, like this thread of, I love helping people heal, and and for me like, I that sort of became a clear picture in my life you know i'm like i i can be a part of i can help create a space for moon to process some of this stuff and then to have this journey where we both were like you know learning all this stuff and i was holding space and it was beautiful I, for him to get that phone call it was it was it was so emotional you know it yeah. was very emotional and very beautiful and it was just like it was almost like a confirmation of like we just went into the wilderness and came back and connected to to the earth and uh, you're bringing life into this world yeah. and all that stuff yeah, yeah it was um yeah it was it was, it was something it was, yeah that was the last uh, psychedelic experience i had yeah 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 so uh yeah well should we wrap this up or well i mean let's let's talk about um where we are with this i guess are we doing, or is there something that we're doing right now uh, or is exploring and is there something that we're planning to do? You yeah. Know? I, ha I, I had a, a rough trip, you know, with some mushrooms on. I, I tried to hold space for another friend right. during COVID. Right. And it was the wrong time. Like, I, it just amplified all my, like, it was COVID. He was in my house. We were without masks, you know, and I thought we were, like, even though we'd both have been tested, it just amplified all my anxieties. But what it showed me, that showed me as a contrast where if you want to enter in a space to be a healer, it takes a lot of work. You can't just have like one good trip and go like, all right, I'm a healer, you know, mm -hmm. I can hold space. No, it's, it's, you have to be very, very smart and, and wise with it. So for me, it's like, it took me a step back. Um, I do want to do some more work with, I want to find a new shaman. You know, I want to do some, some more work with ayahuasca and um, when, the, when the time's right, when the time's yeah. right. Um, 
and like I did try growing mushrooms and it failed, you know, and so I just figured that's like, that's, that's the medicine saying, the plant saying it's not time yet. So I'm like, so I, I've, I've been working a lot with, with MDMA, um, and that's, that's been, that's been really fun and really heart opening. And I think it's giving me a little more confidence to like go back into this space, but I've also approached it and it, it's like, I feel like I've come to a place where I, I, we talked about it a little bit, like I don't want to do it recreationally. I want to do it when it's, when it's, when it's right, when, when the door opens up. So I'm not rushing to do, to do anything. I'm not, right. um, I'm keeping, I'm keeping my heart open and I am interested. Um, but, uh, but right now I'm just like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I've learned a lot and now I'm, now I'm, and this part of the part of the podcast, right? It's like I felt I've I've learned a lot, I've deconstructed a lot, I've gone down many different paths over the last ten years, and now I'm in the integration period. I'm like, how do I integrate all these things I've learned? Who am I with all these pieces? And I think once I figured that out, and once you know, once I sort of maybe reach another sort of plateau, you know, then maybe I'll be like, okay, now what's the next level? Mm. Maybe that's when I'll you know really dive in. I don't know. Uh, as for me, like, uh, I think I'm in a similar place to Matt, but um, I went so deep, so hard, so fast uh, for a couple of years that now it's like I've had to download. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> there's a lot to work on. Um, I had the kind of like a face melting ayahuasca trip, which is like, you know, level 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. And. What was uh, a uh, well, that's, a, that's quite a long story. <laughs> no, when was it? Oh, uh, well, I think four years ago. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think that one is, is going to take me a lifetime to process. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, I, I joke that uh, every Sunday I clean my house, get everything ready, you know, make sure I'm going to write, meditate, and I bring out the mushrooms and I stare at them on the desk and then I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I put them back in the yeah. drawer and just go about my day because I just don't, I don't really want to. And that's right. not to say like the mushrooms are, they're still my friends, they've shown me a lot, but right now I'm, I, I, there's, there's plenty of other things that, you know, my attention, uh, I don't think it would, I would gain much which is kind of strange to you know to say on a you know a psych psychedelic topic podcast to be like yeah I'm not really doing them but it's but it but I think that that's to mean that those things are to be respected they're they're right. you have to trust your intuition which I'm very keen on I think you know you know you you kind of know if these things is just time for you or right. you know maybe you're taking it a little bit too far and I and I think for me it's just like you know. <laughs> we've gone so down so many rabbit holes that it's like that's not the point anymore the point is to you know make sure the ground is stable and 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 healthy and all that kind of stuff and you know like i said before it's harder it's um more boring because you have to kind of work on yourself and the nuts and bolts of the everyday kind of stuff but i mean you know, that's that's really the point uh it's not it's the, the visions are amazing they're life-changing they're ground shaking they're you know they, they've made me a spiritual person which i was not so you know uh well sh i think actually we should at least we should probably share the ayahuasca yeah. experience right i feel like that's 
you know, that, I feel like that's like the ultimate sort of psychedelic like trip. So, you know, if you guys could kind of talk about just like, a, I guess, a, you know, for the viewers, like just play by play of what the actual experience is like. Well, you know? I, I, well, I was just, I can't remember, I was listening to a podcast uh, um, and it might, it might have been Tim Ferriss and talking about like ayahuasca is like, it's so, so broad. There's, there's every tribe has their, right. you know, and they mix it with so many different things. So for one person to say, this was my ayahuasca experience, one tribe to say, this is their ayahuasca right. experience. Yeah. It's completely different. Like, right. you know, there's, there's hundreds of, of. I, I think they even call them waskas. I think that's, I heard that term waskas. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, so I've only had, I've only had two experiences with two different, two different tribes. Yeah. And one was a, was a tribe from Chile. That was, that was my first, the first one. And that was. Was it, that, was that when you were in Thailand? Thailand. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, uh, and it was this, this shaman that was, that was traveling the world and he was just happened to be in, in Thailand. Um, and, uh, there was just, there was just 10 people. And there was a there was a there was a questionnaire where they asked you like you know are you on SSRIs like how, like what drugs have you have you taken recently um, what have you eaten you, know, you just want to make sure that you're like you know that there's nothing that's going to you know trigger anything and, and be be dangerous in that space um, and then there's a then there's a whole ceremony where you you sit down and they they bring out the 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 tea is a drink and it's made from two parts. This is one of the crazy things about, about ayahuasca is like, like it's like part of a, like part of a root and part of a, uh, a, a branch and they make teas out of them and they mix the, the two. And like, who, who, like who, who, you know, thousands of years ago is like, this tastes good. This tastes good. Let's see what happens when we put them together. Whoa, my mind just, I just puked everywhere and I just saw God. Like <laughs> also it tastes terrible. It doesn't taste It tastes good. like fucking dirt, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then there was a uh, then they had a ceremony where everyone they passed around this crystal and you and is it night? It's at right? night, yeah. And you stayed your like you just you meditated your intention. You put it in the crystal and they put the crystal on the altar. Mm -hmm. um, and they turned all the lights down and uh, they sang a song and then everyone came up to to do the first dose. You know, and they did they did it in three doses and you know you could choose to go further and further if you wanted. And then you just then you you sit there and they do like a little they do uh, song and they do d some dancing and they do some uh, <clears throat> um, incense. Um, you get a bucket. And you get a bucket, yeah. And then like for me, I hate throwing up, and that was my biggest fear and the reason why it took so long for me to do this. And I was one of the last people to, as they say, purge. And and it wasn't for lack of trying. I was sitting there hovering over the bucket, you know praying that just like, I mean, I just felt more and more nauseous, more and more nauseous. And, um, but I remember it was my second, my second experience was, was far more profound because I'd already done it one time and it was, and, um, uh, it, it felt like an, an, an orgy without sex. Like everyone was just like in this, you know, singing together in this beautiful space, swaying and just, uh, people moaning, but there was no, like, no one was doing it. It was just like laying down, down on, on the mats. Um, and the, but the second time for me was like even more intense because it was like a week later or two weeks later and this time I just could not like nothing would come out and I just felt like I was going to pop and I am I was even like speaking Spanish I'm like quiero vomitar quiero vomitar I just like I want to I want to vomit I want to vomit and 
and I heard the medicine in my head was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna throw up until you learn to love yourself. And that my mind blown, I'm like, oh my God. Cause like the first time, the first experience was like, like I said, it was like, we are, I was with the group the whole time. Mm. You know, it's like this beautiful expression and we're all like singing, dancing. You know, one thing, one, at one point I found like this rattle and the shaker and I, I started shaking and that shaking caused someone else to start singing and then someone picked up a guitar and then all of a sudden it burst out into this beautiful song. I'm like, oh my God, I caused that with my shaker. This time, the man was like, you need to learn, you need, you need to love yourself. And I'm like, how am I going to do that in one night? I'm like, I'm never going to throw up. And so I, I, I zigged when everyone zagged. So everyone like, went mm -hmm. outside to like, you know, howl at the moon. I stayed inside and was just like hugging myself. And then everyone else came in. I went outside and just like sat and stared. And eventually it was like this beam of light shot out of my, you know, shot out of my head. And I just, uh, everything, just all this shit just came out, came out. And it just felt so good. It just felt like years of self-abuse just mm. came pouring out. And, and, and then I just like, I laid on my, on, my, on my mat all night and just like, just was hugging myself and, and just crying and just, you know, just, I was just so thankful for this, for this insight. It was, like I said, it wasn't like it was anything groundbreaking. I, I, I knew this, but it, fi like, it finally made sense to me, like the depth of my self-hatred and the fact that it all came out mm. and that all, like, and to this day, I remember this, like when I'm struggling, when there's struggles going on in life, I go back to that moment. I'm like, am I loving myself in this moment? And mm. often not, often it's those are times like that little critic voice in my head is going like, you're, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. Mm. You messed this up, you went too far, you said, the, you said something dumb, mm. you know. You're embarrassing yourself, you're an embarrassment. So like we all have the, these little critic voices in our head and that's the one that's in me, you know? And, right. and, um, and so that's when I need to stop and ground myself and meditate or reconnect with that experience and just, you know, love myself. So right. year of therapy one night. Like, well, they say ayahuasca gives you not what you want, but what you need, you yeah. know? And yeah. I think that's generally I wanted an orgy. True. I didn't want. I didn't want, I didn't want to, like, to go sit by myself in a corner. You always want an orgy. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share my experience, and then you can share yours. Mm -hmm. I feel like mine is not as dramatic, and we should end with yours. My wife and I signed up for this ayahuasca retreat thing, and it was down like in San Diego somewhere, some like rural retreat area. And we went down there and then, yeah, we, the same thing, questionnaires, whatever. And the first night we, we, um, we took the medicine. Um, yeah, I think I threw up, I, I think I purged and I, I don't know. I don't like purging, but it doesn't. But you, but you had, but you had done the, uh, the, whatever, the tobacco smoke nose thing. Well, no, that was like the second night. Oh, the second night. Got yeah. It. Cause, uh, they recommend three nights. Of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Um, at least this tribe did. And yeah, there were songs and whatever, and we took the drink. Um, and I think I took two drinks the first night. And after the second drink, I did feel, it, it felt like some sort of darkness was about to like wash over me. But like it just never quite did. 
And I remember that weird feeling. It almost felt like there was like there was a a ghost or something that was just gonna take take over me. And I was like really, I was like terrified of that. Second night, I was about to. So uh, they made me puff this thing up my nose, and it felt like. Peppermint. Peppermint was injected into my bloodstream, and it was awful. Um, and I was just so disoriented. So I took the second drink, and then they brought people up to do this like ceremony where they were like putting smoke uh, around me and like patting me with like these leaves. And when they were doing that, my body went into convulsion, and I think it basically cramped up. But when I it, but it felt like terrible, like it hurt like hell. But they were like, oh, this is your healing, this is your healing. And I was like, no, I'm just cramping right now. <laughs> like, like my entire body is like cramped up. You gotta stretch me, like you gotta stretch me right now because I'm like in pain. But um, it, yeah, like there was like some, one other lady who came and helped me, but like these shamans, like I feel like they, I don't know, I just like didn't that, dig that experience just because there were like 40 people in the room and it was, we all felt kind of cramped in this space and we weren't really getting like personal attention. Um, so after that, and I was just like lied down and I kind of, okay, I'm stretching, I'm like I'm feeling better, but like this, this doesn't feel spiritual or whatever. And while I was doing that, Hejong, my wife was like walking around too and we we're like, Oh, hey, and... Oh, so you guys were separate this whole time? Uh, so we somehow got separated because they suggested that you, you get separated. Uh, and we're both like, do you want to go? <laughs> you want to get out of here? And like, yeah, this doesn't feel good, you know? Like, it doesn't, it's not, it's not what we signed up for. Like, they don't really feel like they no. really, like, want to take care of us. This feels very industrial. You know, they just cram as many people as possible and then, like, sell this thing. Um, so the next morning we're like, all right, I think we're done. So we, we left. I think it's really important to highlight that. I mean, if the people feel like, you know, they're like half there, just phoning it in, it's, it's not worth, because you're in a very vulnerable yeah. state. Your, your, your body's in going through all kinds of weird stuff. Your psychology is, is even, you know, right. more fragile. Going, you're going to these places of deep trauma or whatever, and if the person is not you know, really have your best intentions at heart, it's better not to do it. Like, right. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that people have to really, it's like not all ayahuasca is the same, not all mushrooms, who's doing it for you. You gotta feel like this person has done the work. This person is, has my best interests at heart versus, you know, a $500 check or, you know, they're just going to go back to Peru or whatever after this, which I think is happening more and more. Right. Well. Oh, yeah. Do you want to share your? Uh, yeah, um, I had a you know, absolutely face ripping off uh, first ayahuasca thing, and I had a feeling it was going to be very, very, very intense. Um, so I was really terrified of it for many, many years. But uh, I did it here in Glendale, in Los Angeles, in a jujitsu gym, which is you know, very <laughs> a, viol a place of violence. You know, it's so of, spiritual. I mean, that was, you know, that was, it was, I remember the day there was like fires in the mountains. It was boiling hot. It was like 105 degrees in the, at, at night. But we, I showed up to the gym. There was like, 
I'd say about 10, 15 people, um, all basically newbies. And um, the rule for my shaman, and the shaman was a female shaman, which was, which is very unique. And she's Asian too, which for me, you know, uh, was very important, I think, that she was from my culture and that she was a female. It was a different energy than, you know, some white guy named Brad, as I like to joke. Like, that would be like, Brad shaman would be like, not a good vibe Brad for me, shaman. you know. But she was like, the first rule is like, Everybody drinks and everybody has to drink a full cup, you know, um, and a full cup is like a heavy dose of, of her stuff. And so there was no, you know, there's no dial, dialing exactly how much you want. But I remember being terrified going up, you know, so you go up and there's all these like trinkets on her blanket. There's like these violet rubies and like, you know, these kind of staffs and feathers. It was like this like witchcraft, you know, it was very um, intense and drinking it and then going back to my little mat and just being like, oh fuck, what did I just do? Like, you know, can't back out now. And then fast forward an hour later, everybody's around me is hurling, puking, there's people crying. There's some guy like, you know, on his knees, whispering his mother, just like, you know, mother, mother, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And meanwhile, I'm not, nothing's happening to me and I'm not seeing any sacred geometry. I'm not tripping, I'm not feeling anything. So the shaman makes a second call. She's like, you know, who, who wants more? So, you know, I raise my hand and go up, take another big cup, um, go back to my seat. And then time sorts, sort of at this point, I kind of lose track of time. And then the next thing I know, I'm just, there's no nausea. I'm just hurling. I'm just vomiting into a little green plastic bucket. And uh, I'm, you know, <laughs> that night will, this night will remain in my, seared in my consciousness forever. But I remember feeling like there's something different. I don't feel quite like me anymore. And then I just remember like talking, but without me controlling it. It was like just stuff, was, words were coming out. And it was like, so something I kind of overlaid on my consciousness. So, um, and I remember just screaming into the empty jujitsu room, like, you know, I am the wolf. Like I have arrived and it, and it shocked me because I was still hearing myself say these things, but I was not no, no longer in control of this whole the whole thing. It was just doing whatever it was. The spirit that entered me was just it had taken control. So I, it, it it might be called spirit possession in a lot of cultures. And I you know anybody that knows me knows that I'm not the woo woo kind of guy. I'm very rational, logical. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. So to have that happen was just very, 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 very strange and um, not what I expected the experience to be. So I just remember feeling this tremendous uh, physical surge of power. Like I could rip, like I felt like Wolverine, like I could rip people's heads off. It was incredibly violent, the, 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 the energy that was in me. Incredibly masculine, incredibly violent, incredibly angry. And, and I remember the shaman, Little Owl, she was like, they had helpers there, they called them angels. And they're like these big linebacker Samoan dudes. <laughs> and she's like, you know, pointing for them to come get me because I was disturbing the group. I was shouting, I was hammering my fists into the ground. Like, I am the wolf, I am the wolf. You know, and, and, then, and then I remember that these guys are coming at me and I was ready to just, you know, throw down with them. But it, I remember that what it felt like was the spirit was asking these guys to ask me to leave, not to, you know, and I remember holding up my hand and then, Little Owl kind of understood, and she was like, please, you must let everybody else have their journeys. You're disturbing the group. And then the, the spirit kind of, okay, relented. And then these guys carried me into a back room 
it threw me there. It was like 105 degrees, and I remember just it was absolute chaos. The the the, the stuff, and so it was not just a spear possession, but I was seeing all these. Um, it's like time travel, kind of like downloads of what the universe was. Of um, I would see like flowers blooming, like you know stars crashing together, and it was. They were, these were all kind of learning opportunities and messages it was trying to show me, which was that the male masculine energy is nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to be laughed at. It's, it's, it's the dynamic force of the universe. This is, and, and, and so what, and I remember this click in my mind, which was like this spirit was trying to tell me in a visceral sense, you are this power. You are the wolf. It, it was like trying to like, you know, electrocute it into me <laughs> that like in my DNA like don't ever forget this feeling it's like underlined bold red you know this is you don't forget this because I think you know because of my trauma I had felt very helpless and and just mm. confused in my life and this was anything but confused and helpless <laughs> this this spirit so um so the wolf spirit the kind of the riddle of this thing is like I used to call myself Wolf in China. That was kind of like my uh, my moniker that I gave to myself, and I didn't really know why. I just you know somebody asked my name, and I was like, okay, I want to be the wolf. But you know, fast forward ten years later, and then I became the wolf that night. And it was uh, there's so much I could go into. It was just so much intensity of uh, uh, mind melting realizations of like you know. The stuff that I was, I was trying to heal my mother, and, and, and this incident, the book that I was writing. Let's pause for that helicopter. The book that I was writing was so difficult, and it and it was like the wolf kind of tied everything together. That was it's sort of like you know, like my mind exploded, realizing that I'd been on this journey to meet this person. And the, sh the shaman said to me afterwards, like when. Somebody meets their spirit animal, finally, there's this tremendous release of energy. It's like you have been separated so long from the thing that you're, you are. So that night, for me, it was like uniting with that, that, that great power. But um, it was just so beyond my imagination that anything like that could happen. So, you know, I went into kind of like an atheist, kind of a, you know, materialistic uh, Western atheist and scientific base. But... You know, that one blew off the hinges of all, all the doors in my mind. And uh, sometimes I look back at it now and I'm like, did that really happen? You know, I'll have to remind myself that it did happen and it felt more real than me and you sitting here talking about it. Um, to psychoanalyze, I could be like, well, the, you know, the wolf is kind of like your shadow self, the, 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 the person you weren't able to be and so you, Ayahuasca is sort of the night, right? So you're releasing that part of yourself, um, allowing yourself to feel the power and not feel helpless and all that stuff. But I don't think that does does a vision like that justice, that a trip like that justice, because it, it felt like <laughs> this is real. <laughs> he's not he's not he's not he's not uh, he's not some figment of my imagination. Um, so for me, that's kind of I realize now is like how do I become him? Um, not as violent, not as, but there was a great wisdom there. Um, and that's, that's kind of like the work is to like, you know, clean up the stuff to hold that power that I, I think is part of me.
that is from the most tragic thing that ever happened to me with my parents is also the source of that power, you know, mm -hmm. that I have that, that strength and that power, but I forget it because, you know, I'm trapped in the other, the old stories. So yeah, it, it's just a very poetic um, night that I could never, you know, make up. <laughs> And so it, yeah, it just expanded like everything that was possible, like how we're abusing this earth. I just felt like very, this very visceral feeling of like, oh my God, we're just ruining everything. And the Indians, who, they love this land and we're here, we're just fucking it up. You know, the American Indians, the Native Americans. It, like I didn't even think about this stuff before. It was just like, it was all just like pounding into me. Ayahuasca was pounding these visions into me of, of how sacred nature was and they respected it and we don't. And that yeah. was, you know, uh, I don't know where it comes from. You know, so it must, and I remember, you know, final thing, I remember um, walking by the shaman once I sort of halfway collected myself. They, they walked me past, back to the main circle. And then I remember looking at her and then had this, this like really, uh, whoa, this kind of whoosh where it's like, I've done this before. <laughs> this is, uh, this, this, this ceremony has happened before. Like, and so I've had this like mezzo native Mexican American pyramid vision where I was like, she was a shaman then, you were the wolf then, this is just, this is a cycle that repeats. And it was very like, you know, the whole night was like that. It was like, just, just beyond my imagination, my limited scope of uh, understanding of what might be possible. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't claim to what anything, what any of this means, but I know that this is not just it. There's, there's more to it than this. Yeah. So that's where I'm at at this point. Thank you for thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It was my for, pleasure for joining hope, us here on this. Hope more people join us in the uh, ayahuasca world, and you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Well, that was another episode of Swimming in the Void. Yeah, that that was a pretty. Uh, that was a good one. Well, there'll be more discussions coming up. So yeah. this is this is just the beginning. So. Yeah. Subscribe on all your, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts and uh, check us out on the, the Instagrams at uh, Swimming in the Void and our website, swimminginthevoid.com. And you can send us an email at swimminginthevoid at gmail.com. Um, and uh, thanks for listening.